Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored and dedicated in loving memory of Charles Adams, Alava Shalom, Lilui Nishmat Yeskel Ben Lea, sponsored by the Marcus family. Breakfast is also dedicated in loving memory and Lilui Nishmat Shoshana Bat Lea, Alea Shalom, sponsored by Cookie and Stanley Chira. The Pasuk tells us about Yosef HaTzadik, Bechol Asherhu Oseh Amunai Matzliach Biado. And everything that he did, every single thing that he did and he accomplished was Amunai Matzliach Biado. God would grant him tremendous success in his hand. Now, this is a very interesting thing, and I point this out all the time. There's a huge difference between saying that someone found some Hatzlacha, they found some success in their work, in their business, in their studying, in their family life, than to say that he was uh, Ish Matzliach. You see, Ish Matzliach is someone where the Hatzlacha is not in the thing, the Hatzlacha is in the person. Whatever they do, whatever they touch, that thing turns, shh, that thing turns to gold. That's what Ish Matzliach means. That's what it means, Amonai Matzliach Biado. Now what's fascinating here is, our rabbis have always told us that when a person is uh, experiencing Beracha, it's very important that that experience of Beracha is not touted, is not brought about into the, into the sphere where everybody is seeing it and everybody is looking at it. In fact, Mechila. Mechila. It's very hard for me to focus. I apologize. The, the Pasuk says, Pinu lachem tzafona, which means turn to the north. The Jewish people are standing at Har Sinai, and God tells them, Pinu lachem turn tzafona. Our Sefarim and our Rabbanim tell us that that word tzafona doesn't only mean to the north. Tzafun, on the night of the Seder, it has the connotations of hiding something. That's when we hide the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Afikoman. So Penulachim Tzafona was that God said to them, you're now the chosen people. I've granted you the blessing of being Mamlechet Kohanim V'goy Kadosh. I've granted you the blessings of Ashgacha Peratit, of a specific interaction with you on a day-to-day basis, on a thing-to-thing basis. If that's the case, Penulachim Tzafona, I need to ask you one thing. Hide. And that sounds like a crazy thing to ask the Jewish people to do. And it doesn't mean that a person has an obligation to hide their Judaism. The opposite. No one's asking you to hide your Judaism, your kippah, your magen David, whatever it is that identifies you as Jewish in the public sphere. But the fact that we should have our money and our houses and our cars in the public eye, where it causes animosity with other peoples and the other nations of the world, that causes a lot of times, number one, jealousy, number two, ayin ara, and all of these things, they can only result in things being a little bit more challenging for us. Yosef Sadiq, he's an Evet, he comes in, nobody's looking at him. All of a sudden, he has this tremendous success. What, what happened now that he was in the public eye and everyone could see him? The result of that was the story of Potiphar and Potiphera, which resulted in Yosef landing himself in prison. They say an unbelievable thing. The Gemara says about <coughs> Rabbi Zerah. He was one of the great Amoraim, that when it came time and he was uh, very, very well, he was very, very well renowned for his, for his uh, genius and for his sitkut. He was hiding from them giving him semicha. He didn't want anybody to know. He didn't want them to make him into a rabbi. Okay? He sat there quiet in the corner. He didn't want anyone to know. Once Kivan Shishamami Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar heard what was going on. 
And that this guy doesn't want to get to become Simichai, he doesn't want to get the title of rabbi, he wanted to remain hidden. What did he say? Rabbi Lazar said, Have kabal v'kayam. He should be, the word kabal in, in Aramaic means that the person was, uh, he sh- was, was in darkness. It was very dark, it was very, uh, he was hidden. He said, if the guy is hidden, v'kayam, that will result in him having a, uh, a, uh, a kiyum, an existence. He will sustain himself, he will survive because he's not in the public eye. Nobody knows, nobody's giving him kavod, nothing like that. Now listen, Rabotai, these words, they rang a bell in my head. Because maybe that's also a hidden part of the idea of what goes on in the story of Purim. We find those words in the reverse in Purim. Kiyemu v'kibelu. What did they do? They achieved, they kept the mitzvot of the Torah. V'kibelu. Like the Gemara is saying over here. Kabel v'kayam, kayam v'kabel. How would they keep the mitzvot of the Torah? By hiding themselves. The idea that you would learn Torah for the sake of honor... Is it real? Really, it's an impossibility. And let me explain why I'm saying this. The Gemara tells us that a person who learns Torah, they could even learn Torah for the sake of, uh, of Shelol Lishma, for the something which is not uh, uh, for the sake of heaven. So as an example, you're studying Torah and, and, and you're doing it because it's a parnasah for you. It's not ideal, but mitoch shelol lishma ba'lishma. For the sake of shelol lishma ba'lishma. When, even though it's initially not with the best of intentions, eventually that will get you to a place where it will be for the best of intentions. However, says the Gemara, when someone is doing it for yuhara, lehit gadelba, lekanterba, when someone is doing it to make himself big, to make himself, that's already something that's looked at in a different light. And the question is why? Isn't that also just one of the Shilolishmas? And the answer, Abutai, I think is illuminating. If a person is learning Torah for the sake of their own kavod, it's not like if you're doing it for a parnasa for a job. Why? For the job, I have a side benefit, but the thing that I'm doing is, a, is pristine. When I'm learning Torah for my own sake, for my own honor, it's exactly the opposite of everything that Torah stands for. The nature of Torah, the first words of Torah spoken to the Jewish people was, Anochi Amunai, I am Hashem your God. To be able to learn for your own kavod is anathema to the concept of Torah. So says the Pasuk maybe in Megillah, Ki Kibelu, how did they, how did they achieve the Torah, the, the aims of Torah, the modus operandi of Torah? By being chashuch a little bit. Now, I think that it's a very interesting, uh, uh, a very interesting addendum to this. Was the Chazon Ish when the Chazon Ish was younger? He wrote a sefer and he refused to write his name on the name of the sefer. He hid it in the na- in the title, but he didn't want anyone to know that it was him because he wanted to remain quiet, just sitting in the corner and studying. He went, but he needed, in order for people to read his book, he needed an approbation. He needed someone to write in the beginning of the book that this book is the right book to read. So he went to some gedolim and he presented them the manuscript. But he wouldn't tell them who it was. In fact, if you wanted to buy his books, there's an address there, and the address wasn't his. He tried as much as he could to obfuscate the system so you couldn't know who it was. He took the book and he didn't tell the rabbi who wrote it. The rabbi looks at the book, he looks at the man in front of him, he says, I'm sorry, he goes, I can't give you a haskamah for this book, because it's impossible that someone from this generation wrote this book. This is a book that's written with a kiddushah, with genius, with an understanding of Torah that belongs to hundreds of years ago. So I can't write it because it's plagiarism. Do you understand that? 
That was the, in many ways, that was the biggest haskamah that he could receive was that. Now the reason why I'm saying this idea, the reason why I'm mentioning this idea specifically over here is because for many of us, we're not gidole hador. For many of us, we're not tzaddikim, uh, we're not, what's it called, we're not great Torah scholars, you know, and uh, I speak for myself here first and foremost. You know, there's a natural desire and an inclination for a person to want people to know his name, his achievements. You want people to know, and you tell yourself that the reason is because that will help. You know, I don't know, maybe I want more people to listen to my class, not because I want them to listen to my class, but the focus maybe is on the word, my. You know, and the question is, how hard are you working to get people to listen to other people's classes? If you're not working as hard to get them to listen to other people's classes as you are working to get them to listen to your classes, maybe it's not about the class and the Torah, maybe it's more about your fame and recognition. And it's hard within an internal uh, compass to know when you're being genuine about this, when, you're, uh, uh, when actually the intentions are pure. But, however, and I will say this, this is not only true for a person who's a Torah scholar. What if a person does great acts of chesed? So when they want to tell everyone about their organization, and they think that the reason why they want to tell everyone about the organization is because the organization does great work. Well, how much are you talking about other organizations and what they do? And if that's the case, that you're not talking about anybody else and, as well, and if someone mentions the other organization, you can't wait until the conversation turns back to yours. You say, yeah, they do that, but, but we do what we do. What we do is better. Well, this is why what we do is better. Then a person needs to doubt exactly what it is that they're saying. So Yosef is ish masliach, but he doesn't go around telling anyone about his hatzlacha. It almost comes out against his will, and still it bites him. So a person, as much as they can, should run from the limelight. I had a meeting yesterday with someone who said that he wanted to give some money for tzedakah. And he says, but Rabbi, I'm willing to give the money for tzedakah on one condition. And I was expecting the condition to be, you know, Rabbi, I want some time with you. I, want, uh, I need you to help me with this other problem. I need a biracha that I should make ten times more than that. Because that's what you normally hear when someone says on one condition. What was his one condition? That not a single soul in the whole world knows what it is that he's done. So there's always a bit of a tension, a push and a pull. Because I'm a little bit torn about this question. People go up to the Sefer Torah and they make a donation and they say, Matinati Ador, which means I'm giving the gift of my hand. What people don't realize is that they just made a neder, that they're going to give a gift of their hand. And in fact, it's a pasuk in the Torah where the pasuk says, Ish Each person has an obligation to give according to the gift of his hand that God blessed them with. In fact, Matinati Ador might be an obligation which is larger than the donation that you were giving before you switched from a number to that word. So a lot of times people think that's a way out, a get out clause from making a donation to tzedakah, and it's not, okay? So sometimes I'll ask a person, why are you saying matanat yado a bit? I know the guy is going to give a donation. The guy will say, I'm trying to be humble. And I said to him, this is not the place to be humble. Why? Because the words of the Gemara are, gadol yoter Greater is someone who causes something to be done than he who does that thing himself. We have here sitting with us a bunch of people who are giving away kidneys. Now there's one problem when you give away kidneys. You only really have one to give. So after you gave your one kidney, you want to give another kidney, you can't. The only way to do it is by dying, right? So what do you have to do? The only way is to spread words about the operation, about the process, so that other people also would be willing to give their kidneys. If you do the thing and you keep your mouth 
shut and you're shtum about it, what happens? One kidney aggregate was given. But if you talk about it and you let other people know, you might have a situation like we have today, which is a kiddush, Shem Shamayim of the highest order, where we have a family where everyone has decided in memory of their father to give kidneys. Three of them are already on the donor list. The other one is waiting, Be'ezrat Hashem, uh, for the right time. But Rabbi for there to be a match. But what an unbelievable thing. Now, how did that happen? Someone had to be doing that in order for someone to be able to come up with an idea to do that. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how in the world am I going to honor this guy who wants to give a siddhaka? He's a young man who wants to give a siddhaka and not tell anyone about what it is that he wants to do. How is it that I'm able to do that? And yet, use that as a motiva- motivator for other people to do it. Someone decides that he's going to sit and learn. I bumped into a young boy on the plane. I don't know how much the guy learned before this year, but in this past year, his Torah learning skyrocketed to the point where I walk back on the plane and I see the boy sitting with his friends that one guy's on the movie, the other guy's doing this, is a regular boy from the community, okay? And he's sitting there, and he's reading a book. I didn't know if I didn't want to disturb him reading his novel. And then I looked over, and what's this kid reading on the plane? He's learning Derech Hashem. That's not an easy read. Ramchal's system of understanding the way of God and God's interaction with our world. This kid is sitting on the plane reading Derech Hashem. Now, if I say it, and I talk about him, the guy will be embarrassed. And not only that, it's, it's, a, it's not according in the spirit of what we're doing. But it doesn't mean that that doesn't need to be mentioned and brought out as a possibility. Because you know what happens? When someone else hears about the fact that someone is learning more, someone is doing a great act of tzedakah, someone is giving away a body part to save another, the, the life of another Jewish person, what happens? It makes its mi'orer in the person, this desire, this question, where he asks himself, if them, why not me? What about me? How come I don't do that? How come I can't do that? And I just want to mention one last bit of a young man, uh, and a young married father now who's living in England. And some of you who are listening in London will know who this is. There was a man who came, he was coming to our, our classes in Chazak all the time. And he felt like he wanted to give when it came up to the time where we were doing a dinner and raising money for the organization. So this young man comes and he says, you know, Rabbi, it's been tough. We've had a tough time. I don't have any extra money. You know, my, I'm trying to support the family in the best way that I know how. He says, but I, I, said, I said, I assumed, I jumped the gun. And I said to him, you know, take it easy, it's fine. If you don't have, I know your heart's in the right place. You know, you don't have, you don't, you know, you, you know it's fine. When you, when you have, you'll be able to give, you'll be able to support. I know that the desire is there. He says, no, Rabbi, you waited for me to finish out of kavod, God bless him. And he said, no, no, that's not what I was going to say. He says, and I went over my finances to see where I could give, how I could give something small at least every month to an organization that's done so much for me and for my family. And he says, and I realized that if I cancel my cable subscription for sports and I go watch the game by a friend or at, a, at the pub or wherever else I watch it, but I don't have the opportunity to watch it at home, if I can't, then I have an extra 10 pounds a month and I'm going to make that as a 10 pound donation for the tzedakah. I was sitting, I'm crying, Rabotai. Here's a guy sitting there trying to figure out, what are we all going to say? I don't have anything on me. I gave this month. I gave it to the office. You know, Mechila, I gave six people today. We have a lot of excuses. Here's a guy scouring himself for what it is that he can give. That's the Pasuk. The Pasuk is telling us about Yosef HaSadiq, that Yosef was someone who was so successful. But so long as it was, as it was, so long as it was under the radar, everything was fine. Rabotai, we read something over here in the beginning of the parasha, which really uh, magnifies this idea that Yosef HaSadiq, he's supposed to be the leader of the tribes. 
He, it's going to happen. Yaakov is getting him the coat. He's the one who he's studying with the most. It's going to be him. But like the Pasuk says, Vayisni'u oto, and his brothers hated him. Al-chalomotav ve'al devarav. If he'd have only had dreams and never opened his mouth, then there wouldn't have been that sinah. But it was the fact that he brought this great gift out into the public eye that suddenly, al-chalomotav al divarav on the fact that he said it. So every person, at least in their efforts to try and do better, should try, even if there's things that you need to show people that you're doing in order to inspire them, there should be at least some things that you do quietly, without anybody drawing anybody's, anybody's attention, that the only sake of the mitzvah is only for between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What a wonderful thing it is when someone can walk into a makolet in Israel and ask them, say, what is the biggest outstanding bill that you have for a family in the neighborhood? And don't even say anything. Just pay the guy, you know, 100, 200, 500 shekel to pay down the bill. The guy never knows what happened. He may not even realize when they give him the bill at the end of the month that it happened for him. But nobody knows that between, besides for you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu and of course the person that you used, the, short, the shopkeeper in order to be able to, what a beautiful thing that is. Uh, if we can do these mitzvot without any kind of recognition. Be'ezat Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should pay us back a thousandfold for all the mitzvot that we've done, of course, even in public, but a millionfold for the ones that we've done without any recognition uh, for them. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. 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 Amen.